0: You would be enthusiastic about staying at your job if you were really happy. I think that's part of the problem is that we keep doing the same thing.
1: Putting our teammates first, putting our team first as
0: individuals, making sure that we show how caring we are as a a group.
1: We've always had the philosophy that employees should be looking at the culture fit, and we as
0: organizations should look at the culture fit as well. For flexibility, for someone's job, what you are actually saying is, I trust, I value, you, not just as an employee at our company, but you also have value as an individual. Welcome to The Human Factor, where we talk people, culture, and resources for humans. How people are researching your company today, embracing change, and telling your company's story, JT O'Donnell and I get into all of it. Thank you very much. Where, uh, wherever you are in the world, whenever you are, uh, thank you for tuning in again to The Human Factor. I am your host, Cole Evans, Marketing Officer at WorkZynga. i try to actually, you should see this chair I'm sitting in, JT, to try to position my logo. Uh, <laughs> I am comfortably located at Mandalay Bay right now. Uh, today we're recording at September the 14th. Uh, half of our team is at the HR Tech Conference. You can read more about that on our website, workzinga.com. Uh, And half of our team is at the Tennessee annual Sherm conference in East Tennessee. And we're just, uh, we're spread all over the place and having a really great time this week. And I got an email a couple of weeks ago that said, we have JT O'Donnell on the podcast and uh, we were ringing the bells internally. Uh, If you have not, uh, uh, if you're, if you've been in, you know, basically hiding for a few years, you might not know who I'm talking about. Uh, JT O'Donnell has spoken on uh, many, many different platforms, Inc, Daily, Uh, Mail, Business Insider, New York Times, CNBC, yes, I'm still listing them, Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, ABC News, and Good Morning America. I love the Good Morning America videos on your website. Uh, Definitely check that out. Uh, JT, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Cole. It's good to be here.
0: JT is uh, the founder CEO of Work It Daily. Uh, Tell our, I understand, missions to provide affordable and accessible career support for everyone Tell our audience a little bit, JT, about the why. Okay, so why was this so important to you? And and when you started the company, what was this kind of pivotal moment where you're like, nope, it's time right now? Hmm.
1: Yeah, it started 20 years ago. So I was in the staffing and recruiting industry. And I saw a real unmet need, which was we only got paid on the people we placed, But we were seeing a lot of people with a little upskilling, a little coaching, could have been far more placeable, for lack of a better term. And I I thought, gee, there's something broken here. Why aren't we coaching people to be better and to reveal their true selves in these interviews in order to get those matches up? And so I left and decided to start and become a career coach. And fast forward 20 years later, the idea has been to really empower the workforce and educate them, teach them it's not rocket science or brain surgery, but with the right information, they could go in and do a better job, get hired, grow their careers, et cetera. But simultaneously over those 20 years, we've been saying, well, it's two sides of the equation, right? So we're gonna build up the trust and loyalty of the workforce by giving them this information that no one else is giving them. You know, school doesn't teach you this stuff. Your employer is not required to teach you this, so where are you going to learn it? We're gonna make it affordable and accessible. And by building that mass following through social media and and other platforms, we would then eventually be able to introduce them to the employers, but change how the employers introduce themselves to this workforce. And I think that's the thing that's most important to me these days as we move forward as a company. Uh, The people we work with are not job seekers. They're job shoppers, especially millennials and Gen Z who were raised on these and storytelling. Yep. And so in our industry, we know that, you know, matching has started to come down to, okay, how do employers tell their stories or what we call share their employer brand? And, you know, that's been kicked around for a while now, but it's becoming so critical that if a company can't get out there and make sure their stories are in the right places, they are not going to hire and attract the right talent because talent is not going to the traditional places anymore. I can tell you right now, the Gen Z that I'm working with, they don't want to go. To the job boards. Um, and I could name some other platforms that all of us have used for many years. They're That's skipping right. that. That's right. You know, to give you an idea, Google's own data just came out this last month saying 40% of Gen Z searches how to do something on TikTok, not even Google. So if you haven't figured out how to evolve your storytelling, your employer brand, and getting it in front of these individuals, they're not gonna buy because they are job shoppers. And so for us as a company, it's about disrupting this entire ecosystem so that sure. the matching process could be smoother.
0: It's so timely, JT. Where I was listening to Josh Barrison with Josh Barrison Company uh, talk about their annual um, um, data and their insights this morning at the, the mega session. And one thing that uh, he brought up, I won't mess up and misquote the number. I think it's 19% of people that left the workforce, left and went to a completely different industry. And so to your point of, of job boards i love job shopper not job seeker i think that is very timely uh, as i see a lot of job seeker marketing right now uh in this venue uh but you're exactly right we did a culture report um about a year ago we're actually about to facilitate our second annual culture report we interviewed we did a survey we uh found what we believe to be one of the best uh, uh surveying companies in new york they, they received agency of the year we're very excited for them but we partnered with them to um put a survey out for 2,501 uh, working adults or unemployed but actively seeking work last year. Uh, we had that also aligned with the labor statistic generation. So we didn't want to just say, I'm I'm a media guy. So for me, it's always going to the bottom and looking at the reference line of the sample set and seeing what where the data really came from, and for too many uh, years, uh, I uh, was really taught how to skew that data to make our, our positions always number one. And so that being said, uh, I've always looked at that with kind of a um, an eye that we wanted to align the generational diversity of the actual workforce with the respondents. And here's what we found, which is no surprise to you, is that while 401k um, commute and, and culture are very important and we could all just shake our heads and say, yes, of course, what we found is that a baby boomer prioritize those in a completely different order than a millennial, right? We know that we need more security or assume that we need more security financially and in other ways as we get older and through different stages of our life. But to your point, um, today's worker is not anywhere aligned with or, or correlated with what yesterday's worker was. I find, in my specific opinion, not in the educational path not in the career development in no way. And I think, in my opinion, I think a lot of companies are trying to catch up to what the market has said. And I think COVID and lockdowns had a lot to do with that as far as really, you know, kind of gassing it. What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I mean, if there's a silver lining to COVID, it helped us fast forward changes that needed to happen, you know, in a matter of years that we're going to take another decades to do if we didn't have that kind of pressure put on us. So right. I love that companies are having to rethink that. But to your point, when you look at the large percentage of younger generations in the workforce, and while we need to address all of them, for companies not to look and realize this is not going to change, a recession, a market correction that's coming, whatever you want to call it, is still not going to change, that they fundamentally want to work differently and are going to be evaluating and shopping for employers that get that is something that I think we're going to see a lot of companies, probably a lot of them that are at your event this week, that are going to wake up a year from now and be so far behind. They can't catch up. It's just that's how crucial it is. And I know that there are some employers that are in complete denial and they think I'll just be able to throw a lot of money at the problem. I'll be able to just get my reach out there and get them to respond. And they're going to find themselves pouring through budgets and still not getting response rates. And it's because the messaging, not only will the messaging not be there, but the depth of messaging won't be there because they're not going to see one story about you and decide to work for you. The millennials and the Gen Z I'm working with—they're researching you. That's and if exactly
0: right.
1: Of storytelling out there to attract them, they're not going to bother. And for the record, they're not going to Glassdoor, they're not going to Indeed, and that's they're not right. going to Comparably. They're going. That's they're right. Of course, they don't that's trust right. that either. They're—you know—they've been raised to be distrustful, and they know where to find the info. So if your company doesn't have a strategy it's a, around that, that's
0: so smart, and you're exactly right. I'm sitting here thinking of—you know—it doesn't matter uh, the the level of the leadership in the team. At certain ages, at certain generationals, to your point, they, they know it is their inherent trait they have they've grown up with. They are looking at all of you and your family's social media posting. They're looking at your executive leadership. What are you actually saying? Aside from whatever we all fluff on websites, what are you truly saying in your real time heated moments of all things, Right.
1: I'll give you a great example. I challenge everyone that's listening to this today to go to Google and type in working for and insert your company name. What's going to happen is traditionally Glassdoor and Indeed, who have spent a lot of money to hijack the employer narrative, will come up first. Then if you're lucky, maybe your only company's job boards will come up. But I'm here to tell you that all of those younger generations aren't even looking at those. They're skipping right over and going down to where's the story. Yep. So you have to ask yourself, are you taking control of the narrative for your employer? Now, let me take it a step further. Now, go type in working for and insert your name. Because mm. if you have people reporting to you, that's what they're doing now. And I can show you case after case of where we've helped people build those stories so that when that working for was inserted, they were able to, you know, have true credibility. Right. That
0: you don't claim that narrative back right now, big trouble. JT, I want to uh turn just a little bit, I want to talk about DEI, uh, a, a topic, uh, um, an array of topics that have I think always been there, but are now they're 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 trending, right? So they're at the front of, of lots of branding here, of uh, lots of conversations. Let's talk about over the last two decades. Your I've got kind of a two, maybe a three part question here. I want to talk about things I'm hearing as far as DEI. I want to, I want to get your just kind of overall take of DEI over the last couple of decades, uh, and I really want to talk about specifically one thing that, that stood out to me in a in a in a session here yesterday was they had a panel and they were talking about DEI, and um, one of um, uh, one of the speakers on the panel made a comment. Uh, she runs an institution that that does accreditations, and it was just very direct and on point, I thought. Uh, and she made the comment: I think we all just have to look at ourselves and ask how many people with disabilities are on our leadership team. And that was one element that she asked. I'm interested to get your feedback on the thought process of representation around the room. And at what at what point are we still checking a box as compared to what I think was just assumed to be race not too many years ago? Does that make sense?
1: It does. It does. I mean, I mean, you think about it, it was diversity, diversity, and equity, diversity, equity and inclusion. Now they call it diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. I mean, we've watched the evolution of thoughts around this, which, you know, is exciting to me because we need it to be so much better. Uh, But you're right. I think that initially businesses like to check boxes because they want to be efficient. And I think we forget that, that businesses try to build process, try to do things to be efficient. So for a very long time, they've approached this with, well, what do we need to do to be okay? Right. And so, and I get it. And, and I think that's um, helped us a little bit, but what you need companies to do is to stop and say, all right, forget it. What does it mean to us? What does it mean to us? What does it look like to us? And what do we need to do to make sure that our employees our customers see us as a company that is inclusive, and that's not an easy thing. Because I no. think for a long time, if you if you don't come from one of those diverse backgrounds, and if your entire company is very homogenous, it's going to be difficult for you to know. Which is then a sign for the fact that you need to get out and talk to, you know, folks outside of this group to figure out what that would look like in your organization. And um, the companies that I see that are doing it well are just taking taking it in. They're not talking, they're listening. And they're trying to go out and seek as many points of view as possible, bringing that all back together and saying, okay, so let's digest that and let's decide what actionable step can we take now. I think that's the other thing I want to mention. This isn't a, again, check it off one and done situation.
0: Right. You're going
1: to take action, you're going to evaluate that, and then you're going to say, what's the next action we can take? And what's the next right. action? What's their next action? I'll give you an example. I had an employer come to me recently and say, well, we live in, and have a company in in the part of the country where we just can't recruit diversity. It isn't here. And I thought that was fascinating for somebody to say to me that there's no difference.
0: your choice of word, fascinating.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're be being careful, right? They said, just like, what can we do? There's just, there's not enough choice for us to bring out that diversity. And so as you can imagine, that's when I said to them, so your whole view of this needs to be reevaluated. Just the fact that that is your comment, right. and that you're trying to check a box. Right. <laughs> this is where you're off base, and so I hope that the you know the discussions that you're having this week are around this idea of people learning more, taking in more, and rethinking what this means to their organization, and then starting to build step by step. You know, even in my own organization, we know we just have to keep evolving with this. And you know, we reach a new level of awareness. There's another level that you need to meet. And right. I think that you'll be rewarded because I don't think that the job seekers or job shoppers we work with they don't expect you to be perfect, but they really do expect you to have thought about this That's and said so exactly
0: right.
1: in an informed way about where your company is with it.
0: Well, and I will. I'll take it another step and say I. I feel like. Uh, I'll be 42 in December. I feel like there used to be a dance. And this dance was the the, the all-encompassed resume, maybe uh, the the right uh, references on LinkedIn, maybe to an extent. Today, to your point our earlier, a uh, couple of minutes ago, it's so much more contextual and deeper than I think a lot of businesses and leadership within those businesses I give it credit for. Because most cases, top leadership, old gray-haired white men aren't usually content marketers or understand the connectivity of and and don't understand what the negative is in in the ways that it can be negative, if that makes sense. Let me ask you a question about pain point. Um, You're you're working with companies um, um, in all different aspects and all different industries. Tell our audience a little bit about what you are recognizing in in your um, conversations if if hiring is this wonderful word is not it, or, or what would be a deeper level of the biggest pain point that your customers are telling you um, today?
1: Right. So here's the thing. Companies have built their recruiting models for hiring and they're entrenched into those models. They've got budgets built into those models. So that's like a train going down the track at hundred miles an hour to derail that train can feel like disaster. So right out of the gate, it's very hard for organizations to want to embrace change and, and try new things and do different things because they're also under deadline. You know, I've got to get these candidates in front. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because I know this and right. I don't have the time to learn something new or do something different. I respect that. Right. think it. it requires you know, companies to do in the recruitment marketing space in particular, they have to show something so amazing and disruptive to get anybody to look up for a minute and go, oh, maybe we'll try that. And that's that's the challenge. And, you know, especially when it comes to tech, the problem is that if they continue to do this, the pain I hear is we're spending more money, we're trying harder and we're not getting any more candidates. Everything Mm -hmm. we've done, we're just throwing more money at it and it's still not moving the needle. And that's because, They're not changing that that strategy of of content marketing, which you and I know both so well. Now the pushback I get is, but recruiters aren't marketers, marketing doesn't have the time, we don't have the budget, we don't know how to do it. We, you know, there's so many steps to the process, the barrier to entry. There's a million excuses. So for us, it's been, okay, we've heard you, and you know, something we've been working on in stealth mode for the last two years has been a project around this and said, give us everything, give us every excuse you have. And then if we could take every single one of those excuses away, would you try it? And um, the answer is yes. When you take that away and you make suddenly content creation simple and painless and fun, and then when you're able to push it out to 2.6 million people on LinkedIn and 1.5 million people on TikTok and um, get that content visibly everywhere in Google ranking, now of a sudden, it's a game changer, right? So for us, it's been really fun to do that for them because again, they've said, we give up, you know, we can't do this in us. And we say, all right, well, we'll show you what to do. And in one turnkey step, you can have all sorts of content and have it distributed. So I think that's exciting for me because that is a huge pain point. If you talk to anybody, hopefully this week when you're there, the excuses that come out about content marketing yeah. um, for recruitment is is endless you know it, and,
0: it's and- different uh different not the word it's a challenge when the core mission values culture doesn't seep out of the pores when it does it's very authentic no matter the position in my opinion for someone to tell their story that, that's all they're really doing is telling how great of a story they're having that's when it's more authentic when those things are not real it's hard to write about
1: it. And you said it right. We always tell you, you don't create an employer brand or a story. You reveal it, like you just said. And But right. to have it come out of your pores is not something that most companies are built to do. They'll have to, and they'll figure it out pretty fast. And I think the thing that worries me is that recruiters in HR will say to me, well, we don't have a seat at the table, and they're not listening to us. We're telling them. And I'll say to you, what are you going to do a year from now when the C-suite walks down the hallway and says to you, what's going on? Why don't we have an employer brand? Why aren't people finding us this way? Eventually they are going to learn about these techniques. And if you weren't the ones to bring it to them, you're going to be in trouble. So my answer is get squeaky, you know, get in there and start
0: talking to
1: your C-suite about how dire this is because it's two for the price of one. When you market your employer brand, you're marketing your brand right so it has this is a, a great way for you to get that out there and as you said like get it just have it coming out of your pores and when you get That's there right. boy, you're going to love the results
0: jt o'donnell ceo founder you're so awesome, Working Daily. I'm so uh, glad that uh, you made some time and space here for our audience today, whether you are on YouTube or listening to us in all the places you get podcasts. We really appreciate you um, listening to us. If you have not, please hit subscribe, leave a comment. As our friend JT knows, those two very organic things, we think it takes about 45 seconds, uh, helps us reach a lot more people. So we really, really appreciate it. If you want to connect to uh, JT, over 265,000 other of our friends have on YouTube, uh, 1.5 million on TikTok and 2.6 million on uh, LinkedIn. Those are some very large numbers, JT. So very good for you, that is awesome. Um, Please, uh, again, leave us a comment, subscribe to the channel. If you wanna connect with JT and all the places that we've just listed, look in all the descriptions below this media and you'll see all the ways to connect with her. JT, thank you so much for your time. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week.
1: Thank you, enjoy your week as well, take care.
0: Thank you.